When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. James Reynolds Sr. was an army medic, and though he didn't have a college degree, he worked his way up to lead the Knox County chapter of the American Cancer Society. Though ACS is by no means perfect, they're one of the leading cancer-fighting nonprofits for a reason. They're present in 5,000 communities and 80% of their funds go to patient support, discovery, and advocacy. In 2021, those numbers were 295 million, 151 million and 35 million respectively. Plus, we all know how much I value transparency here. Charity Navigator gave them a 97% in their accountability and transparency ratings. All this said, it seems obvious that Reynolds must have known what he was doing. You don't work your way up to such high ranking positions in a well-reputed organization by sitting on your hands, right? Well, maybe Reynolds was a go-getter at first, but After eight years, his performance slumped. ACS said he had sloppy bookkeeping, kept irregular hours, and took the title to a 1968 Mustang meant to be auctioned for the charity. In my opinion, it sure seems like Reynolds got one hell of a swelled head. Being sloppy or lazy on the job is one thing, but to take a car meant for a charity auction? He clearly believed he was untouchable or that he wouldn't get caught. This wasn't the case though. And in 1984, he was given two options, get fired or quit. Now, most people might take the L and move on, right? Like you really weren't as good of a thief as you thought, my guy. So take your experience and learn from it. It's that simple. But Reynolds isn't most people. Instead, for years, the guy seemed to operate out of pure spite. Shortly after resigning, Reynolds made his own charity called Cancer Fund of America. The Tampa Bay Times accuses him of purposefully using a name similar to the American Cancer Society and claims that he even rented a mail drop that shared a similar Atlanta address. But Reynolds didn't stop there. He sent out door-to-door solicitors around the same time he knew ACS would, allegedly taking the knowledge he had about ACS's operations and using it against them. He also hired solicitation companies and raised over $7 million in his first year of business. And excuse me, well, I I meant to say his first year of fundraising for charity and paid his solicitors about half of that. Less than 10% of what he raised even went to patient assistance, a far cry from the 80% or so that ACS gives. I don't know if Reynolds created CFA just to mess with the charity he once worked for or to prove that he was a worthy competitor who could start his own nonprofit. I think that these early acts say a lot about him as a person. Not only does it paint the picture of a bitter, vindictive, sad little man, but it shows that Reynolds didn't truly care about cancer patients in the first place. As a chapter leader at ACS, he would have known how they help people and how they were able to give the majority of their fundraising to those in need, but he didn't use that knowledge. Instead, he just kept playing his petty little game, taking money out of a more deserving charity's wallet. Unfortunately, Reynolds' game of spite didn't end with knocking on doors and making annoying phone calls. 
Instead, Cancer Fund of America went on for decades and spanned family generations to the point where the name Reynolds itself might as well be synonymous with the name Cancer Scam. Year-long investigation by the Tampa Bay Times, the Center for Investigative Reporting, and previous reporting here on AC360 shows that a small but aggressive segment of the charity world seems to care little about actually helping others. Cancer Fund of America Support Services. But how much of my $10 will people go? 100% towards the charity itself. 100%. Well, that's great then. 187 million dollars from consumers throughout. industry that only cares about profit. Hello and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati and today we're gonna be talking about the Cancer Fund of America and the Reynolds family. If you watch an old CFA commercial, you'll get a distinctly traditional America life insurance, we're here for you type of vibe. Seriously, it's hard to even pinpoint what exactly is being advertised here. Life starts. Expectations, sometimes worse than realization. Are they say things code. like, isn't it nice to have someone to help over shots of a newborn, a couple getting married and things like that. Isn't it nice when someone is there to help? An odd advertisement aside, this is the idea that CFA pitched to people. We're going to help others. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. One of the ways they claimed to do this back in 1989 was by running sweepstakes and promising thousands of dollars to the winners. Personally, I'm not a big fan of this idea. I don't feel like luck should have much to do with needing a cancer charity's aid. The reason it didn't work out had little to do with luck though. Instead of thousands, CFA handed out checks for pennies. They, as well as several other charities at the time, were fined $2.1 million for the scam. Reynolds said he'd stop using direct mail campaigns within three years of the scandal, though that didn't happen. And he soon turned to for-profit telemarketers too. Their scripts, while far from the worst I've seen, are still pretty questionable. Solicitors told the public that their donations would provide direct aid to patients, implying that bills, medical equipment, and things of that nature might get covered by the charity. Then, after listing off all the incredible help they're going to provide, they ask you if they can count on you. If you say yes, then that's great. They ask for $35 and close the sale. I mean, sorry, I mean the donation. If you say no, they'll ask for 20. No again, and it's $12. No a fourth time, and they'll hang up. It seems like most telemarketers out there, but CFA took it a step further. They also send long emotional letters about people crying their hearts out when they're diagnosed with cancer, begging for your support. The letters are even signed by Reynolds Sr., assuring donors all the money sent is going to help people with cancer. So it has to be true. But yeah, this is just definitely preying on someone's good nature but it's for a good cause, they say, right? Like they want to buy medical equipment after all. If I told you directly that XYZ organization is going to be providing direct aid to someone with cancer, you'd hope that that aid would be something these patients needed. Hell, hopefully that would go without saying. I mean, it would be massively insulting if an organization meant to help those with cancer sent them virtually useless junk. And I'm talking plasticware and kids toys. And I get it, someone might go, oh, but kids have cancer too. These are adults, 
I'm not talking about children with cancer. I'm talking about adults with cancer being sent kids toys and plasticware because for some reason, a plastic fork is apparently exactly what you need. According to Carol Smith, that's exactly what they did. She reached out to CFA in the mid 2000s or so as her husband was dying of cancer. She told the Tampa Bay Times that the box they sent was in a word, disheartening, quote, It was filled with paper plates, cups, napkins, and kids' toys, the 67-year-old Knoxville, Tennessee resident said. My husband looked like somebody slapped him in the face. I just threw it in the trash. Because nothing quite says we're here for you like a box of paper plates and napkins. If her husband had been a child, again, then sure, maybe the kids' toys would have served some purpose. But as it stands, the CFA's idea of helping is upsetting. And I think even that's an understatement. In my opinion, they're just sending this junk to look like they're doing something. You can even see it at their open house. In a short video posted online, Brian Morse recorded what he claims is a facility belonging to CFA. I can't really confirm the validity of the source from the you know faint audio of a worker speaking to a couple that is at least what it seems to be. But again, not super sure, but that's what it's labeled as. Now in these two minutes, what you can see looks like, well, junk. It literally looks as if CFA simply bought the cheapest things they possibly could get their hands on wholesale, and then they ship it out to give the illusion of doing something. Even if the source of the video can't be confirmed, the Tampa Bay Times has said the same thing. Reynolds depended on businesses to donate everything from underwear to screwdrivers, and he'd package the surplus goods and then send it all out to cancer patients and other nonprofits. Reynolds did pay for the shipping costs, but that's pretty much all he actually paid for the items were donated. And then there's donations that he's receiving too. So it's really just paying for shipping. And you know, when you don't have a ton of overhead as a charity, I guess those millions and millions that are left over could just go right into his bank account and his family's bank accounts, all while CFA creates the illusion of action. Look, are screwdrivers handy? Sure. Do we all need underwear? Yeah. But I'm pretty confident in saying that when someone is struggling through their darkest moments, they're not gonna be worried about a screwdriver and paper plates. If Reynolds really wanted to help, pay some medical bills, offer home-cooked meals and medical equipment, the dire needs that someone with cancer might actually have. Attorney generals from Pennsylvania and Connecticut said that back in the 90s, some of these goods were nearly worthless, like the outdated vegetable seeds and damaged books that CFA gave to people in hospice. But I shouldn't really be surprised. We've already established that Reynolds simply does not care. And now we're just proving it. But let's move on. The CFA doesn't spend money on helping people. So where exactly does that money go? As you'd unfortunately expect, the money they collect goes to Reynolds' own pockets most of the time. It depended on the year and the fundraiser. Sometimes less than a 10th of a percent of what they earned actually went to cancer patients. And sometimes it was about 3% if they were feeling generous. Reynolds spent his millions on cars, college tuition, gym memberships, concert tickets, and cruises, while patients in need of aid got sample-sized soap, seasonal greeting cards, and Little Debbie snack cakes. Because nothing says we care about you like a bar of sample-sized soap and a snack cake. South Carolina Secretary of State Mark Hammond said it best. Some charities sent children to Disney World. These charities sent themselves to Disney World. There's a keyword here that I want to address, charities. Does this mean that CFA is getting lumped in with a bunch of other bad faith actors and maybe they alone aren't so terrible? Well, not at all. 
And in fact, it's quite the opposite. Here's what I find so particularly malicious about Reynolds' actions. You see, he realized that what he was doing was working. He exploited the name of a charity that was far more reputable than his own, raked in the millions and flew under the radar for years. Don't get me wrong, he did have to pay some fines here and there, but the penalties he faced paled in comparison to the money he was making. So why not make more charities? After all, CFA was working out so well. Reynolds Sr. had basically found his calling in making one giant successful deceptive empire. In 2002, his son, James Reynolds Jr. and his wife at the time, they're both now estranged, Rose Perkins, created Cancer Support Services. The Tampa Bay Times called it nothing more than a boiler room for CFA as it had the same managers and the same employees. Effectively, only the name changed. Why bother going through all this effort? Because now when Reynolds and his greedy, manipulative family have telemarketers harassing, I mean, sorry, I mean calling, must have a frog in my throat or something today, elderly people on a fixed income, they can technically say that 100% of their donations will go to charity. And that might be technically true, but when the vast majority of that money is going towards excessive paychecks for higher ups, that 100% to charity doesn't sound so helpful all of a sudden. There's more than just CFA and CSS though. There's also the Children's Cancer Fund too. Perkins effectively ran that one, hiring 11 of her friends and relatives to work there. According to Tampa Bay Times between 2008 and 2012, the charity paid those employees more than twice what it provided in financial assistance to young cancer patients. She also doled out massive bonuses twice a year, regardless of employee performance. Now look, I'm not saying that executives at cancer charities should not be paid or shouldn't have you know, some kind of salary in general. But when the whole purpose for your existence, helping children with cancer, seems to come second to executives' paychecks, then something got messed up somewhere along the line. When you look at childhood cancer or just even a child that has cancer, like however you wanna phrase it, and you go, yes, this is gonna get me a good bonus in the middle of the year, I think you're the one who's a little fucked up. I think you're the one that maybe needs to start from scratch, burn all that shit down and start over entirely. It's bad enough that so many charities will go astray and forget the purpose they're trying to serve. CCF's purpose all along clearly was to make Perkins and her friends richer and children with cancer was just a marketing ploy. And I know you're probably gonna be shocked to hear this, but this still is not all the charities that the Reynolds family created. Breast Cancer Society was run by James Reynolds Jr. and his wife, Christina. They too hired relatives, creating the biggest cancer charity nepotism loop I have ever seen. From the documentation that's available, many of these higher-ups made around $250,000 a year and sometimes even more than that. While Reynolds Sr. is the most at fault here, the entire family is pretty irredeemable. They used corporate credit cards for personal expenses, supposedly paying them back at the end of the year and thereby giving themselves interest-free loans on luxury items. They continually exploited elderly people hoping to help those with cancer, demanding money and arguing with potential donors on the phone, sometimes calling them twice a day. I think the only member of the family that might be an exception is Rose Perkins' daughter-in-law, Julia Conister. Apparently, she genuinely wants to give cancer patients monetary aid. And when speaking of CFA, she says, oh, they don't give out money, honey. So that's a thing. 
Also, Money, Honey. Oh my God, I haven't heard that Lady Gaga song in forever. I'm gonna have to go listen to that after this episode. I know it has nothing to do with this, but my God, this is so depressing. I'm like, you know what? Let me hear some pop music after this. However, if CFA and other charities run by the Reynolds family were really this bad, then the big question is, how come they weren't caught sooner? The American justice system is slow. That for one is a massive reason why I believe cancer scams such as this can go on for so long. Reynolds himself claims that he'd been working in the industry for 42 years. While some of that may include his actual legitimate time with ACS, he's still been very much committing fraud for effectively three decades minimum. You'd think that maybe he'd tell his son not to make obscene gestures at reporters asking questions about their charity if he has so much experience, but I digress. That's apparently just a quirky family fun trait. What's more infuriating about this is that no one was aware of his scams this entire time. On the contrary, between 1992 to 2007, five different states actually cited him for misleading donors. Knox News wrote about them in 2010, several years before Tampa Bay Times did their investigation. Knox News cited the organization's old tax returns and reported that the CFA headquarters were tucked into a secluded lot behind a Walmart filled with random medical supplies like over-the-counter cough medication, personal hygiene items, and DVDs of Japanese cartoons. They painted the picture of CFA that we've come to know thus far, a mismanaged, chaotic mess designed to benefit those at the top and no one else but Knox also gave them the benefit of the doubt too, which I don't think they should have. One employee there, Steve Lewis, even spoke to reporters about the warehouse stating, a lot of this stuff doesn't help cure cancer, but it helps them for a little while. Lewis justified CFA's reasoning for sending children's games to grandparents, saying that it would make a good gift for any of the grandkids on holidays. Knox also included the praise that CFA received from hospice care workers, who said that the everyday items stocked in the charity's warehouses are needed. After all, it's not as if underwear, gloves, and cough medicine have no value. It's great that CFA did provide this. It's just not close at all to the extent of the help they could provide or what they even promised. It goes beyond the scope of people reporting on them too. Reynolds had been fined on numerous occasions, but he just sees it as the cost of doing business, or as he calls it, charity work. He's downright told Knox News that you quote, can't judge an organization by how much its fundraising costs. So that's a thing. And uh, he also just simply settles any claims against him because he claims it's so much cheaper than going to court. So first of all, yes, you can in fact judge a charity by how much it spends on fundraising. These numbers vary from time to time, but when a whopping 80% or more goes towards nonprofit telemarketers, you know, or your own, you know, pockets than it does to the people you're supposed to benefit, I'd say that, yeah, someone can judge you for that. Secondly, when you have that many fines and complaints being levied against you, it's pretty darn hard for me to believe that there's nothing wrong. Reynolds, if he wanted to prove that he was actually on the up and up, could have been more transparent years ago. And by years ago, I mean literally decades ago. Instead, he simply paid the fines and just kept it moving. And in my opinion, he just had no leg to stand on if he fought back. So his best bet really was to just settle things and keep people and organizations quiet. Come 2007, after literally years of this, CFA was hit with a lawsuit from Georgia regulators because they would downright lie to potential donors. Apparently, CFA claimed they provided transportation to chemo patients when no such service was provided. But 
Reynolds apparently believes that everyone just misunderstood him or is just out to get him and that the fines had no merit. Now you probably meant to provide transportation services, so that should be good enough, right? Like you meant to. Sure, it didn't happen, but you thought about it. Just fuck off with that warped logic. Without admitting any guilt, CFA had to write a $50,000 check to a charity Georgia regulators chose. That being, of course, the Georgia Cancer Coalition. You wanna know the especially pathetic part about it though? That 50,000 was actually the largest cash donation they've ever made to an independent charity ever. Just by the way, and they made almost $9 million that year. So just, just in case you're wondering. But let's fast forward just a bit. They had several states complaining in the 90s and early 2000s. So they ended up paying a fine in 2007, which is what brought us to today. To them having this irreparable, horrible reputation. Well, in 2011, trouble was finally brewing. The BBB warned donors about the Breast Cancer Society, reporting that Reynolds Jr. refused to give them a breakdown of what items his charity was supposedly distributing to cancer organizations. Although I do have my own issues with the BBB, many do still see them as a valuable source of information. And again, with this coming from the BBB to the general public, it certainly did not look good for the Breast Cancer Society charity. And hey, even bad businesses can do things right once in a blue moon. And the BBB didn't just call out the Breast Cancer Society either, but those associated with them. Associated Community Services, the BCS's top fundraiser, had to pay a six-figure fine in Missouri for, quote, manipulative high-pressure fundraising tactics when calling Missourians who asked not to be called. That company had to eventually settle another lawsuit in 2014 before going bankrupt. Then, after the BBB report came the Tampa Bay Times investigation, detailing every act by the so-called charitable family from the founder to the fines. It took long enough, but eventually, regulators could no longer ignore the Reynolds family anymore. They had to act. And before we get into those consequences and the aftermath of regulators finally having to take a look at the Reynolds family and their various, quotes here, charities, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. ShipStation turns holiday ship storms into smooth sailing. You can keep your customers happy and still find time to enjoy eggnog. So when you're buried in orders and emails from stressed customers this holiday season, make sure you had ShipStation or you're gonna wish you did. Now, the cool thing about ShipStation is they have a free trial and a quick setup. And now is the time to try ShipStation if you've ever been on the fence. It doesn't matter if you're a new business, small, medium, or even large, ShipStation is here to help and it grows with you. One of my favorite things, my absolute favorite things about ShipStation is because as you guys know, there's just so many shipping carriers. And honestly, sometimes it's hard to keep tabs on who's gonna offer what at certain parts of the year or where it's going to, like certain places just do the job better at certain times of the year. And so it's hard sometimes to remember, hmm, do I ship with this company here or there? Well, not a problem with ShipStation. I don't have to think about it anymore because they organize everything in their dashboard for you. They automate routine shipping tasks, they print shipping labels, and they easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment every time. And they're gonna work wherever you're selling online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for at least a year become customers for life. They're that good. And many of you know, I have a merch shop. It's currently down. so. 
Don't worry if you go look for it, you're gonna find a page that says, hey, we're opening soon. I'm revamping stuff right now. But when I tell you ShipStation make things so easy, I think maybe some of you know who may have purchased merch like two years ago, knew that sometimes the merch would take like, um, like a couple weeks to come out. Sometimes it would be delayed and it would be like a month. It was ridiculous. But now stuff is heading out in like just a couple days. And I am telling you, it is so much easier that way. So this holiday season, give yourself the gift of stress-free holiday shipping. Use promo code CASKET today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code CASKET. Self-care is always top of mind for me, but in between meditation sessions and trips to the yoga studio or even like a nail salon or wherever, how often are you taking care of all your needs? Transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy. Self-care has never sounded better. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. And they're racially inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and even stories you can read if you don't really wanna listen to it. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore fantasies, and relax and unwind. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com casket. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash casket, dipsystories.com slash casket. Disturbing allegations surrounding a handful of cancer-related charities. Now, the FTC says millions of dollars donated never made it to the patients. Tonight, consumer reporter Susan Hogan has the developing details into this major crackdown. Well, this afternoon, the Rhode Island Attorney General's Office, along with the AGs in every state nationwide, filed a federal lawsuit against... In May 2015, the FTC, every state, and Washington, D.C., charged the Reynolds charities for bilking over $187 million from consumers. Personally, I don't doubt that it's actually a lot more than that, and the 187 million number is simply what could be proven given everything that we've heard today. Uh, they said they would spend the money for pain medications for kids to transport cancer patients to chemotherapy and for hospice uh, for cancer patients. Uh, did not spend any money for those, those three categories. A lot of the money is spent on fundraising, on professional fundraising, and a lot of it is spent on salaries um, within, um, within the four charities. Cancer Fund of America, Cancer Support Services, Children's Cancer Fund of America, and the Breast Cancer Society, as well as multiple Reynolds family members individually were named in the federal court complaint. I can't overstate what a massive case this was. Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring said, this is the first time the FTC, all 50 states, and the District of Columbia have filed a joint enforcement action alleging deceptive solicitations by charities. And I hope it serves as a strong warning for anyone trying to exploit the kindness and generosity of others. The thing is, we've seen scammy charities plenty of times before, whether on the news, maybe in one of my episodes, or perhaps, and unfortunately, you've had a personal experience with one too. I've seen many of you leave comments under the YouTube channel videos and tell me what happened to you or a family member or friend, and it's horrific. It's infuriatingly common how many use for-profit solicitors, how they pay their executives gigantic salaries. It's all hallmarks of a bad charity. In that fact, then, CFA isn't that unusual, even if the FTC said it's one of the largest scam charity cases they ever filed. 
And truthfully, the reason it got to the scale in the first place is simply because Reynolds did everything right when it comes to taking advantage of people. Whether it's due to him learning the legitimate way and practicing the opposite, or due to the fact that he got help from family members, I don't truly know. But what I do know is that Reynolds is very good at being an awful person. Thankfully, the FTC agreed that this was all absolute garbage with some of their complaints saying that Reynolds charities, quote, operated as personal fiefdoms characterized by rampant nepotism, flagrant conflicts of interest and excessive insider compensation with none of the financial and governance controls that any bona fide charity would have adopted. And I'm sorry, but I just love the wording here. It has to be one of the most eloquent ways of insulting a charity, quotes, that I've ever seen, as well as the lengthiest way of calling someone out on their bullshit. Telemarketing rules were broken, the charities had been deceitful, and bans were put in place. Unfortunately, it's not like much can really be done here either. Massive judgments were put in place for tens of millions of dollars, 30 million against Perkins and over 65 million against Reynolds Jr. But the money's not there, it's gone. It had already been spent on cruises and college tuition, dating sites, and a whole host of other random shit. Despite the FTC imposing these judgments, they also forgave them too. For Reynolds Jr., he only had to pay $60,000, not even one one thousandth of what he actually owed. So, so much for that strong warning, I guess. My bigger question here is what kind of message does this actually send to scam artists that decide to create their own charities? Personally, I feel like the message is simply, hey, if you're going to run a decades long scam worth potentially hundreds of millions of dollars, just be sure to spend that cash ASAP so they can't make you pay it back because that's effectively all that happened here. Any remaining assets from the charities and some personal assets were seized. Plus Reynolds Sr. had been ordered to stay out of the charity business for life, but he was already kind of an old fuck at this point. So it's not like there's, you know, much more work for him to do. He's already lived the best years of his life on other people's donated money. Apparently included in those assets were collector grade beer steins, nine millimeter pistols, 15 framed art prints, five Remington statues and a pontoon boat too. So yeah, boo hoo, poor Reynolds. Now he enjoys the last couple years of his life without a pontoon boat. Oh, poor thing. Y'all must sympathize with him. Yeah, such a terrible life. And truthfully though, I have no doubt that he's still retiring in far nicer conditions than what he deserves. And he doesn't care, number one. And number two, it's probably still nicer than what a majority of Americans are gonna retire to if we ever retire at all, because it's starting to look like we're gonna work ourselves into death, though that's a topic for a different episode entirely. At the end of the day though, these fines and then forgiving these fines and seizing assets and seizing a fucking pontoon boat or whatever, this isn't enough to make their victims whole, not by a long shot. And it doesn't make up anything that's been done. Reynolds lived the vast majority of his life in luxury because of these scams. And even now, this seems to be the worst consequence he'll ever face. While I am happy that these charities are finally dissolved, but without any real fierce enforcement in place, this is far from the only kind of case that would scare any scammer away. And in a really messed up way, I know I'm gonna have content for years to come because I have a feeling this is just going to repeat itself. I, I just believe someone is going to do this again because they go, hmm, I can literally steal millions of dollars from a charity for decades and I'm only gonna have to pay $60,000 and lose a pontoon boat. Yeah, that's worth it. I just, I just know someone out there is gonna do it. They may even be doing it right now and we just don't know yet. 
All in all, as disappointed as I am in this ending, at least we have some sort of closure, even if it's not great. At least one pathetic greedy family is out of the cancer scamming business, hopefully for good. So obviously a little bit more opinion, obviously at the end there, sorry if I got a little heated. It just, I, I don't know what it is about charities and, and people that scam charities that just upsets me so freaking much. And then, you know, just tack it on on top. Cancer charities, it's just insane to me that someone would manipulate and exploit the goodwill of people and using people with cancer as a marketing ploy. The fact that as a society, we actually even have to have cancer charities because we can't actually take care of our own population, whether that be with, you know, fair wages and actual beneficial medical health system is insane. And then to have people that go, hmm, yes, I see some inadequacies here. Let me go ahead and just continue to exploit the ever living fuck out of it. It's just disgusting. I hate these people. It's on site if I see these fuckers. That is not serious for legal purposes. I just, when I find scamming charities, I really love to bring this up because I think it's so important for everyone to know where money is going. I know many of you ask, where am I donating to charities? I'm actually going to start showing that very shortly because I do donate to about 12, I guess it's really closer to like 16 different charities every year. I forgot that with the candle company, we also have four more charities that we donate a portion of our proceeds to as well. And with the merch shop, I've always donated a portion of the proceeds to charity, but I guess I just never really realized that maybe like that's a really good opportunity to talk about who I donate to and why. So I'm adding also in this kind of revamp of the merch shop, a little like blog section where I'm gonna talk about which charities I donate to, what I'm donating to for that month and why. But. Anyway, with all of that being said, that's where I'm ending today's episode of The Corporate Casket. Apologies for a little bit of a ramble there at the end. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I do really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye.